All right. That's great. Let's close in prayer. We can go to early lunch or something. I don't know. Uh, excited to be here, like Matt said, from California. Uh, I actually brought two guests, my boys here. They're in the front row uh, because I made them uh, come. And no, Cameron and Alec, uh, they're fraternal twins, 19. And so um, glad that they're uh, with me and uh, be able to share a little bit today. Yeah, right. This idea of, uh, of hectic to healthy, this idea of having a balanced life. And I will tell you, I have not always had a balanced life, and I still struggle with kind of balanced living. And uh, in fact, it's even in my DNA. Uh, you know, firstborn, only children, where you are in the birth order uh, wires you somewhat, uh, according to science and social science, about your drive and uh, ability to go beyond more or do more than you were designed for, right? We would call it workaholism, right? We have 12-step uh, programs and, and everything uh, of other addictions, but when it comes to workaholism, it's the only rewarded addiction in our country, right? The more we work, the better office we get, the more staff we get, the more budget we have, we put in more time, and we do that, and it begins to erode family. But like I said, I'm an only child, and firstborn only children, just real quick, firstborn only children in the room. Just look, now look around real quick. Because they're the ones, if you can put your hands down, usually firstborn only children, when I ask that question, yeah, right here. And sometimes they'll do this without even knowing. They just have a number one. And we think they're pointing to God because we're in church, but they're not. They're saying, hey, right here. If you need a leader, I'm right here, right? And isn't it true, for those of you that raised your hand, it's kind of like in us. We want to, we can't sit down. Oh, we, because we feel guilty. We're going to do something. There's dishes to be cleaned, or maybe there's something else to create, or something new to be done, or whatever, right? And other folks in the birth order, like babies, the last born in the family. God bless you guys. Anybody here? Right? Look, look at them. Now watch them. Look at, see them? See what they do? Hi. Hi, it's this. First born, right here. Babies, hi, over here. I'm here. And no watch. Never a watch. Why? Party doesn't happen until they get there. That's why. Party. <laughs> When I get there, it's my time, right? And I don't uh, really talk about middle kids. Uh, no one cares about you anyway. And uh, that's true. That's science, by the way. No, that's not science. But birth order has something to do with it. And firstborn only children. I told my mom, you shouldn't save for college. You should save for counseling because I needed counseling. And we'll tell a little bit of that story. And I want to unpack for you today this idea of moving from a hectic lifestyle to a healthy, manageable lifestyle and a journey. You know, it's not a destination. I thought that once you uh, understood what the difference between hectic and healthy would be, that you would arrive at it, but you don't. And after 17 months in counseling, I thought I've arrived, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm balanced, but I still struggle with doing more. I still struggle with workaholism. I need to know when to stop. So today, if you want to take some notes, we'll put it up on the screen for you, but I want to explore four areas. It's in an acrostic called spin. And you may have said, boy, I really feel like I'm spinning, right? I'm spinning out of control. Life seems to be spinning. It's going quick. It's moving faster, right? So I, I want us to just understand in a few minutes today what spin is, understanding uh, what causes life to spin. Because when life starts to spin, it always leads to sin. And so here are four things. The first one is what I call seasonal living. Seasonal living. Now, today, if you were to ask me what is the modern family's biggest obstacle, I would tell you too many choices. 
And too many choices sometimes leads to paralysis of analysis, and sometimes it causes our heart to race and our stress level to go up. I'll give an example. When I was growing up, and, and I want you to hold on here, okay? The phone in my house attached to the wall. It was attached to the wall. You know what I'm talking about? For those of you that don't, Google it. If you Google it, you'll see pictures or a museum. It's you, you couldn't start a phone call in the kitchen and end it in the car. If you started a phone call in the kitchen, you had to end it where? In the kitchen. Right now, we can start a phone call in the kitchen and end it in the car because of choice. And that choice is causing our life to pick up speed. How about this? My boys, my daughter, my wife and I, it was about a year or so ago, we went to the movies. We wanted to see this movie that was just out. And my job was easy. Five tickets to the 5.30 showing of this movie. Pretty easy deal. We go on a Friday night, Irvine Spectrum in Orange County, Southern California. 26, I believe, screens, 12 lines, 25, 30 people deep, all trying to go on a Friday night. I'm in the middle line. My family can't wait with me because there's too many people. But I know my, I've been given my charge, right? Five tickets, 5.30 showing. That's it. I want to get it, get out. My family's waiting over there. Too many people. I get up. Five tickets to the 5.30 showing. She says, which one? I said, five tickets to the 5.30 showing. And she says, I know, which one? And I don't know about you, when I get pressed sometimes, or I feel like I'm being taken advantage, I get uh, sarcastic, right? And so I said, five tickets to the 5.30 showing. And apparently she had the same gift, because she says to me, uh, I know, but which one? And then she does this. Do you want to see it in IMAX, 3D, RPX enhanced sound, or, and you'll love this, regular. <laughs> regular. That, that's what I grew up with. There was only regular. I never, as a kid, when I went to see Star Wars for the first time, right in the 70s, I didn't go, Star Wars. They said, right there. That's it, there was one. Right? Maybe if you were at a high-end theater, a height, it was this one or that one, A or B, but not four at the same time. Now, oh, I, don't, I don't know. We didn't discuss this. I was told, my wife told me, 5 to 5.30, and I can't have this discussion with you. Guys, you'll appreciate this, because we get frustrated quicker usually than, than the, uh, our, our spouses. And the guy behind me does one of these. Dude, that means you're an idiot. The times are, you're waiting till you get here, it's, no, I'm like, bro, I, I don't, I, I have choice. I try to yell at my kid, Cam, Alec, Karamai, Mary, but there's too many people, right? And what are they doing? <laughs> Talking about Instagram, Facebook, tweet, Snapchat. I text, I text them, but boom, they get it all at the same time. Oh, hey, dad, right? So I have to communicate 20 feet away, 20 feet. They come over, they come over, I said, okay, I don't know, the guy behind me, bro, dude. I'm like, I don't, okay, run him again. And she's like, okay. And then she runs him down again, right? IMAX 3D, RPX enhanced sound regular. Of course, IMAX, right? The experience. <gasps> Bigger screen, sound, you're living it. You're in it, right? So right away, what do you want? I'm IMAX, five for IMAX. She says, $98. <laughs> And I said, they're sold out. $98 for a movie, really? 
So, no, we're not, we're taking that one off the table. Okay, whatever. So then I think the boys wanted to, you know, have like better sound. My daughter like wanted to see it, you know, 3D. And my wife's like, regular, whatever. So I, I'm, now I'm paralyzed. Have you ever been in a situation where you're, you, you're forced to make a choice and you know it's probably going to be wrong no matter what? So I turn and I go, five for regular. My kids. Oh, no. No, Instagram, Snapchat, hashtag regular, hashtag terrible, hashtag counseling, right? Because we're seeing it right. So these choices, oh, I'm freaking out, right? So we go and we see the movie. It was a good movie. But I left going, maybe, maybe it could have been better. Maybe it could, 3D. I mean, maybe stuff coming at you, or maybe better sound. And of course, I'm it would have been better. And, and it's true, I was speaking somewhere, I think in Chicago, and I did go see it. And IMAX, and it was better, but not for $98 with the whole family. Just kidding, guys. I never did that. Uh, but um, it may have been. But it's one of those where choice is starting to stress our lives because we leave going, maybe I could have done better, or we pay for the 98 IMAX and we come out and go, maybe it would have been just as good regular. And so our choice is paralyzing us or causing us to move faster or second guess ourselves. So more choice isn't necessarily keeping us healthy. And we say more choice leads to more freedom, but I think it's paralyzing us, especially families. This idea of seasonality as you get kids. My wife and I, in the book, Hectic to Healthy, wrote about four seasons. And let me just kind of outline them for you. The first one is single, no kids. You have all the time to yourself. You don't have a responsibility for a relationship. The next season is married, no kids. Now you have less time to yourself because you have a responsibility for a relationship, a marriage relationship. And then the third season, married with kids. Now you have less time to do what you want, when you want, where you want, how you want, because you have a relationship with your spouse and kids. And then the fourth season, if you find yourself single with kids. And my parents were divorced, so they were both single with kids. And single parents need our help. They need the help of the church community, they need the help of the community, because they're taxi, provider, or everything. So those seasons are also a reflection of your time. And, and what we say is find your season and live your season. And if you're married with kids, that means you have less time to work. And I get it, it's not fair. Because usually the time you're married with kids, everything is kind of in your life moving up into the right on the pie chart of life, right? It's maybe promotions or more time and so we want to impress the boss, so we arrive early to show like we're excited about this, and then we leave after the boss to show commitment and intent and all those things. And at the same time, we're undermining and eroding the foundation of our family. You say, Craig, how do you, how do you know that? Because I did it. I'm not coming to you as an expert. I'm coming to you as an experience of someone who, uh, only child, that just enjoyed work. Someone asked me, can doing more good bring more bad? The answer is yes. Doing more good things is just occupying your time and taking away time from whatever season you're in. And this idea of season, I want to read these verses to you out of Genesis 33, verses 12 through 14, and ask you the question, what is your season? Pretty easy. You could find out where your season is and then live your season. But here's what the, uh, these verses say. Uh, it's Esau says to Jacob, uh, let's be on our way. I'm going to accompany you. He says this to Jacob. Now, if you don't know, the words recorded many chapters before this from Esau to Jacob were this. I'm going to kill you. Not Hallmark greeting words. I'm going to kill you. All this time has separated them, and now they're coming together. 
And Jacob is scared to death. He comes and falls down in front of him in the verses before him, thinking, this is the end of my life. But Esau reaches down, picks him up, and says, bro, been a long time. You, all your family, you're coming with. You're going to come back to my house. And this is what he's saying. He says, Esau said, let's be on our way. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to accompany you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. If they're driven hard, driven, there's some of us that are driven in here. And dads, moms, if we're driven, to think that it doesn't affect your family is, uh, I think, somewhat unaware because it does affect your family. Drivenness. If they're driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So Esau, my Lord, go on ahead of me, your servant, while I move along, what's the word? Slowly. It's even hard for some of us to say, right? We choke on it slowly. Right? I like to move fast. I like to talk fast. I like to, I like speed. Slowly. Well, I move along slowly at the pace of the droves before me and that of the children until I come to my Lord and Savior. Now, here's the interesting thing. What was Jacob's season of life? Single, no kids, married, no kids, married with kids. It was married with kids. Actually, in scripture, he was married, married, married with kids, kids, kids. But he had a lot of kids. He had his household. He was moving. But what he said to his brother, whose last words to him before this was, I'm going to kill you. He risked everything and said, I'd love to go with you, but I can't. And he probably pointed over to the kids and say, you know what? I've got a couple of younger kids here, four, five, some older ones. I would love to go. I could do it. I'm an adult, but they can't. My pace of life must be adjusted for their benefit. Now move that to today. That getting in at 6 a.m. before the boss and then working an hour or two after the boss, that is affecting the little one over there. And I get it, guys, gals, I understand it. We may say something like this. I said it first. I'm, I'm doing my best to provide for my family. Yes, in one way, monetarily. But what about emotionally? What about mentally? What about physically? Again, I'm not preaching to you. I am with you. 17 months of counseling. The idea is to find your season. The next one, if you look at it, uh, is priorities. What are your priorities? Usually we can find our priorities pretty quick. We can look at our checkbook, uh, our credit card statement, or our calendar. And we can see where our pri priorities are. This idea of priorities, my question is, where are you going? And I like the verse here. It says in Ephesians 5:17, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, this idea of doing more or busyness or all the choice that we have, I, I brought uh, this, it's a surge protector. It just happens to look like a person. And I thought this is great because this is how uh, oftentimes I would live my life, right? I would say something like this and I would try to be really spiritual about it because my wife would say, you're only getting four hours of sleep and you're working you know, 15 hours a day. I would say, I know, but, and the plug is so great, right? I can do all things, right, amen? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I kind of even spiritualize it, which is, which is really sick, right? The idea is God has designed each of us with a certain set of gifts and abilities, talents, and uh, there is a potential for those. So our design is not to go beyond our potential, but to meet our potential. Doing more than you were designed for is workaholism. 
And I don't know where that is for you. You have to decide. Guys, here's a good limit for you. If your wife comes to you and says, we're too busy, she's right. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because they're the second Holy Spirit. And they will tell you. And more times than not, they're right. I don't know why that is. I don't know, but it just seems to be. So here I am. I can do all things through Christ. My potential for the sake of this is four, right? And so we say something like this. Like, we, I want to give my kids stuff that I didn't have growing up. So, for example, we'll say, like, you know, my daughter. And let's say she really wants to play soccer. She's pretty good at it. So what I do is I'm going to work extra hard, make some extra money, and then I'm going to fill her life with some stuff. So I'm going to get her a trainer, because I think she has potential. I'm going to get her a soccer trainer five days a week. Even though she's four, <laughs> I'm going to get her a trainer, and we're going to work out, right? And then after school, we're going to run her with some rubber bands and stuff, and then do some drills. We're going to do that. And so, but that's going to take a lot of extra stuff. Like, I may have to leave early, but I can't do that. So I'm going to pay a guy to do a trainer, and then a gal. Thing. So I go, oh, look what I did. See, God, you thought that I didn't have the time or resources, but look what I did there. We call it, we, we spiritualize it. We'll say multitask. Uh, or, or if you're really sick, um, delegate. I delegated that. Okay, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Okay, we know what it is. You're sick. I'm sick. We're sick. Right? I can do all things through Christ. And this is going so well that maybe we start, you know, adding some things. Like we take on that extra, extra thing at work because you, you probably never heard this, probably only in California, but sometimes like you'll hear a boss say something like this. We need to do more with less what? I don't even know what that means. So uh, you take on some extra hours, but we may say something like this. We're only going to do it for a season, right? A season, which I think is funny because I live in California and there's no season. It's just <laughs> 70, right? 70 degrees. And I'm not saying that to, you know, to rub it in. What I'm saying is you have seasons here. Like you, you see seasons. It changes. Seasons of busyness, there, there is no season. It's just busy, why? Because you are you, and wherever you go, there you are. So here we go. This is working so good for us. This is, this is going well that we're going to add some more stuff. And so what we do is we plug in some more things, and we're going to do, because we can't sit alone. You've got to be doing things. And so we feel that's working so well for us. And then all of a sudden, we, we wake up one day, and life looks like this. And we still say, I'm doing it all, I'm doing it all well, or maybe even something like this. I can juggle it, I'm juggling it. No, you're not. If you were to ask your kids, hey, how do you feel like being a ball on my calendar, just being juggled? I think they would maybe say, no. You can juggle appointments, you can't juggle people. It requires connection. And our lives end up looking like this. And here's my question to you, where, where does that stop? And some would say, well, Craig, they're all, they're all filled up. You're done. No, because the same sick person that's doing this, me, some of you, we go, are you kidding? <laughs> Look at all this. We have so much space. We just plug that in. And life may look like that for you right now. And we will even sometimes spiritually, thank you, Lord, for giving me the mind and wisdom to be so dysfunctional like this. Because this is dysfunctional, you understand, right? Where is your family here? I'll tell you where mine was, down there. That's where they were. And when I moved, that's how they moved. I dragged them through life. 
But I said I was providing for them. I'm giving them things that only I could give them. My parents didn't give me, and so they end up down there. They're not up here. When does this stop? When this stops is only when you say no. I don't think we need to, to make to-do lists. I think we need stop doing lists. And only when you unplug can you get back to health. Priorities, where are your priorities? Don't act thoughtlessly, try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. There came a moment in my life, an aha moment, when I was home by myself and I sat down on the sofa. I was gonna watch ESPN, I was gonna drink a Coke, it was gonna be great, it was lovely. Sat down, just five minutes, guys, you know what I'm talking about, just a little bit. I sat down on the sofa and I hear a crunch on the sofa. And I, I moved the, the couch, the cushion, and Doritos bags. Doritos, Cheetos, I think there were some Hershey's. And I'm like, oh, come on, and there's no one there, so I'm talking out loud. I can't believe it, heaven forbid, the kids don't eat and then walk over and put the, you know, thing, I'm, just, I'm going on and on and on. And I'm thinking, if there's that much under the cushions, what's under the couch? So I start looking under the couch. There was a whole plethora of stuff. Under, there were people living under the couch with food, and there was a buffet under there. It was nuts. I found a book, a book, not a book with a title. It was a journal. It's a true story. Moment that changed my life. And I opened the journals, my wife's journal. Apparently, she had left it there the night before because she was up, and she was journaling, writing. Here's what I know about journals. Journals don't lie. Journals are very, very blunt. And I opened the journal to no specific spot, and in my wife's writing, I hate my husband. First words I read. I began to thumb through it. It didn't get better. I read the story of a woman who was married with kids, that's the season, living a seasonally single life, not by choice, but because her husband was emotionally disconnected, was relationally absent, and when he did show up, he was hard to be with, me. And when my wife came home, we had a conversation. And that conversation was, if you don't go to counseling with me, and by the way, she'd been trying to get me to go to counseling for years. Didn't want to go counseling because I didn't want anybody to know that I was messed up. And I went to counseling, and for 17 months, I stayed in counseling every Tuesday at 2.15. And I learned about what it means to prioritize life and then live the priorities that you are saying are valuable to you. Find your season, live your season, look at your priorities, align them healthy in a correct way, and then move to this next one in spin is isolation because usually when you're living life out of its season, your priorities are out of whack, we wanna hide. And sometimes we can't hide without anybody seeing, so we have to hide in plain sight. Right? So we drive to church right, with our kids, and the kids are out of control in the back. Ah, they haven't had their donut, you know what I'm talking about? It's nuts. Oh, they're touching me, stop touching me, it's that whole thing. And we pull in, and like, I, I remember driving to church. Like, I would turn my kids, stop it, don't touch or don't. And then my wife sometimes is like this, and then we're like all tense, right? I don't know if you've ever been like, stop it, right? And then when you pull into church, hey, how are you? God bless you. <laughs> Praying? Right. Yeah, Colossians 3, that's where I'm at. Okay, good. Isaiah 40, nice. Good. All right, stop it, right? We do that. And I get it. I understand. Been there. 
This idea of isolation is we put up this facade. It's we don't want to be authentic. We don't want to be real because it takes risk to do that. Gals, really good at this, really good at connection, right? Guys, we have, we have an issue. We do. And, and let me just explain this to you. It's something that you've probably never seen before. We went to dinner, uh, four couples, my wife and I and three other couples. We had gone to, like my favorite thing, went to uh, LA to see a musical. Um, <laughs> What a treat. And after that, we went for dinner. Woo, that was good. So we're sitting there. We're talking, right? They come. They get an order. We order some appetizers, and I got Coke. And then one of the gals, uh, Sherry, she stands up, and she makes an announcement. And guys, you've heard this announcement. Gals, you've made this announcement. Probably it's something like this. Hey, I'm going to go to the restroom. I'm going to go to the ladies' room. Does anybody want to go with me? Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it goes. We don't, we don't think about that because it just happens. Right? So usually the gals go, yeah, I'll go with you. And so they all get up, four ladies, they're all up, and they're all moving to the ladies' room, right? They have their luggage, and they're going. There they go, over there. I don't time it, this is a regular occurrence. I don't, I don't look, okay, how long are they gonna be gone? But, but here's how long they were gone. I'm just telling you, they left, appetizers came, nachos, right? I had a Coke. And we're talking, the guys, we ate the nachos. I know what you're saying, gals, animals. Animals, you dug in, it was gone. No, we paced ourselves, normal guy pace, maybe. And we took it in. I drank my Coke. That's how long they were in there. That's a long time. That's a long time, right? But I don't think about it. It hasn't hit me yet. We're talking. We're having a discussion around the table. And the topic that was being discussed was teens and social media and how social media, uh, especially cyberbullying or sexting or something like that, can really uh, impact the child's or student's self-esteem. So we're talking about this. Fascinating, right? And one of the gals uh, says, Debbie says, um, well, you know, Becky, she said that when she had that problem with her daughter, this is what she did. Okay, that's great. Who's Becky? There's not, no Becky at the table. I know everybody at the table. We're good friends. I kind of do that little mental surf, like, friends that we know, right, that we would all know, because why would you throw Becky in if we didn't know? I can't think of a Becky. So I just lobbed this out there. I go, hey, that's great, good point. Now, just remind me, who's, you know, who's Becky? This is the answer, and this is where it hit me. She says, oh, we just met her in the bathroom. We just met Becky in the bathroom, and now she is an expert on social media at our table. In the bathroom. That's where they met her. Guys, we don't talk in the bathroom. Never. I have walked into a girl's bathroom by mistake. Guys, it's worth a visit. Let me tell you why. I walk in there, I thought I walked into my house. It's like Pottery Barn. They have sofas, they have couches. There's a lady making omelets in the corner. It's ridiculous. There's a party going on. When they say they're going to the bathroom, it's not a bathroom. There's some, they have candles, everything's going on. They're talking, playing words with friends. It's out of control in there, seriously. Guys, gals, if you've never walked into a guy's bath, gray, quiet, because you don't talk. In the, you could be having a great round of golf, guys. Am I right? You sit down after. It's been fantastic. Five or six of you, you're great. You never, ever, 
ever hear this. Hey, guys, hey, it's a great round. I'm going to go to the bathroom. You guys want to go with? You don't hear that. Why? Because it's wrong. It's not in the Bible. It's man code stuff. You know what I'm talking about, guys? You know what I'm talking about. In the bathroom, I'll even say, I don't know if you can say urinal here, but I'm going to say it. Some restaurants at the urinal, right here, there'll be a cork board, and they put the sports page there, right? Am I right, guys? Give me a nod if you've been there. Yeah, see, you know what I'm talking about. Why is that? That's for other guys who are idiots that want to talk. You look ahead and read. If you want to talk, you don't talk. Do your duty. Do your business. Get out. That's it. That's the way we roll. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Gals, when it goes on in the bathroom, you bring out. Here's what I found out. They're Facebook friends. We're at the table. They're Facebook friends with Becky, right? I know about her marriage and how bad it is. I'm looking over at him like I want to smack him. And I know, I don't even know him. But the girls saying, I know him. It's Ted, right? So we're <laughs> They're relationally connected. When they come out, they're connected. They stay connected. Guys, we go into the bathroom. And we go out of the bathroom the way we went in. We're not connected. We don't talk. We don't reveal what's going on inside. And I will tell you, yes, you never, ever talk in the bathroom. Even with a counselor, you don't talk in the men's bathroom. I'm going to give you that. But guys, some point when we walk out, we have to get real with what's going on in here. 17 months of counseling taught me. I have two friends, Martin and Jay. They know it all. No secrets. And, and they accept me and love me anyway. You need at least one person. Gals, you seem to do it naturally. 10 minutes in the bathroom, Facebook friends, you're hanging out. God bless you. Guys, we aren't wired that way. And there's many reasons and good reasons why we're not wired that way. But when we stay isolated and hiding in plain sight, like we got it all together, eventually it will come tumbling down because we can't do life alone. We have to do life with somebody else. You need another guy that will look at you in the eye and say, you're overworking. Have you thought about this? Have you considered that? What about this? And I love you anyway. Guys, we need that. Gals, you seem to kind of get it. This isolation, I love this. Isolation, why are we hiding? Why are we hiding? I love the verse in Genesis 3.9. The Lord called out to the man and asked him, where are you? It says here, the Lord called out to the man and asked. Not, not the woman, the man. Because I think the woman was like, here I am. <laughs> this is what's going on. And the man's like, hey, it's all good. All right, it's all good. So we're great. Things are fantastic. Come on over. Let's hang out. No, it's not all good. And I can tell you, after doing men's conferences and marriage conferences, I'll have men after man after man after man just stand up and go, yeah, this is kind of what's going on. And I've never heard someone across the room go, that's ridiculous. But what I hear is, me too. Me too. Thank you for having the courage to stand up and share that because I didn't want to. And now that you shared it, it's easier for me. So isolation. Seasons. Make sure that we're living our season. Uh, priorities. If we're starting to isolate ourselves, spin really starts to pick up, and then we get to that last one, neglect in. Neglect. Who are you neglecting? Not what. Who? And I had to sit down and look at each of my kids in the face and go, I'm neglecting Cameron, I'm neglecting Alec, 
I'm neglecting Karamai, and I'm neglecting my wife, whose journal I read. And so we thought, you know what? Maybe it's time to share a little bit about our experience. I don't have it together. I still fight and struggle with workaholism. But this idea of neglect out of Matthew 16, 26, I love the, the way this is said. It says, and how do you benefit if you gain the whole world? How do you benefit if you have money to buy your kids everything, all the resources, new car, uh, everything you want? I have all of that, but lose your own soul, lose your own family, lose your own spouse, lose other relationships in the process. Is anything worth more than that? That's a good reminder for me. And that's why we talk about a journey to a balanced life. My life will be completely balanced when I see my Savior, but not until then. I struggle with it every day. When do I get off my computer? Because the reality is I can be on my computer or on my phone or on my tablet or on my watch 24 hours a day, seven days a week. More technology, more choices means what? More self-control because our phone is not on the kitchen wall anymore. The kitchen wall phone, that kept us with healthy priorities because I couldn't walk to the car on a conversation. But now I can, and we need to make the choice to not do that. We don't want life to continue to spin and eventually leaving it to sin. Let me end with this great quote by the wonderful theologian Tom Schultz who founded the rock band Boston. The title of the song is Don't Look Back. I love the lyrics to this song, the profoundly spiritual. I can see it took so long just to realize I'm much too strong not to compromise. I felt that way, right? I'm not going to compromise. I work hard, hard worker. But not hard work. I'm, I'm all for hard work. It's overwork. goes on to say, I see what I am is holding me down. So I'll turn it around. In other words, I'm in my own way. I need to come to myself. He says, I finally see the dawn arriving. I see beyond the road I'm driving. It's a bright horizon, and I'm awake now. Oh, I see myself in a brand new way. The sun is shining. The clouds are breaking. I can't lose now. There is no game to play. we got to stop playing the hurry up, get more stuff game. At the end of the day, sitting down with your kids... And having a face-to-face, -face, a touch, a mutual connection is profoundly more impactful than spending time at work, overwork, and coming home emotionally disconnected. I did it for a long time. I, I will tell you, I've made progress in the last nine to 10 years. After 17 months of counseling, I think messed up people go to counseling for a year. I went for 17 months manage to hold the family together, recommit my life to my wife and to my kids and say, this is the way I'm going to live life now. And I will tell you, I do see myself in a brand new way. This type of change, gang, is not overnight. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and go, I was a workaholic. It's all good now. I'm good. I'm waiting. No. But it does start up here. One thought. See yourself in a brand new way. Hey, I'm a workaholic, but when you walk out the doors, not anymore. You're going to see yourself in a brand new way. And that's a biblical reminder for all of us. Amen? Let me pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for these folks who came today, fought a little bit of the rain, 
uh, maybe some difficulty at home. I know it's tough sometimes to, to make it. But whatever hindrances, God, we ended up here in this place. I pray that your word, your word from Scripture fell on good ground and falls on good ground, that you would cause the growth, that we would walk out of here, you know, maybe we don't fit into the workaholic mode. Maybe we have a balanced life. But God, maybe there's something for us to think about. Maybe there's someone. Maybe there's a name that you've prompted in the lives of somebody here that they need to talk to. God, that you would do that. Father, help us to be uh, people who have a, a life of margin, a life of balance, and at least be aware of those things and spend time with those that are most important to us. We pray it in the name and the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming today. Thank you.